Well, good morning, everyone. Um, when I was writing this, I was remembering, which is a good thing to do, I was here this time last year, standing in this very spot, panicking, Janice, because you took the communion as well this time last year, and spoke my sermon. <laughs> I'm safe this year. I'm not going to talk about the middle wall of partition, but I thank God that he is our peace this morning. I am going to talk, however, about remembering and remembrance. I think I said that I did read over my sermon that I'd spoke last year to make sure that I wasn't repeating myself, not that anyone probably remembers. But um, I remember saying that who Edwards had said on the programme the night before, that remembering is our duty and not an option. So I was thinking about different things that we need to remember in our lives and what helps us to remember. And you'll never see it now, but I brought a hanky. No, it's not a very... Well, it is clean, but um, I think we must, this must have gone in with a black wash or something because it's a little bit degrained. But can you remember when people used to tie knots in their handkerchiefs to um, remind themselves of things. My mother always used to have a knot in her handkerchief, but I think it was to keep her collection safe. I don't think um, it was to remind her of anything. So, But you very rarely see handkerchiefs. My mother always had a handkerchief, but you very rarely see them. Um, and I was tamping this morning that I didn't have some of them. Oh, Val is waving. She's waving the white flag at me. She's got her, got her handkerchief. But because she had loads of lovely, really pretty handkerchiefs that I could have brought this morning. There we are, Rog. There we are. Everyone's... And Nigel. Right, okay. I take that all back. Do you put knots in them to remind yourself, Nigel? What about you? You are? You never heard of it? Never heard of putting a knot in your anchor to remind yourself? We are. But hey, we may get there. By... <laughs> we may get there by the end of the uh, of the morning. Well, anyway, I'm going to tie some knots in my handkerchief this morning to um, remind us. I don't know about you, but lots of people you talk to now say their memory. I was just in work this week and somebody had said that they went on to America a year ago today. And um, her husband was talking to her about different things that she'd done there. She's the same age as me. And she said there were certain things that he was talking about that she had no recollection of at all. I hope I haven't come to a point in my life where I can't remember what I did on holiday last year. I'm trying to think what I did on holiday last year. <laughs> right, well, anyway, our memories are not always the best. Um, so we need to remind ourselves. So, I'm, like I say, I'm going to tie some knots in this hanky this morning so that we can remember um, some things. In fact, I've got four things that I want us to remember, and they all start with a P. So I've got four P's. And I'm not, remember, blockbusters, and they say, can we have a P, Bob? Well, I've got four of them this morning that I just want to um, talk about. And the first one, as I tie this knot in my handkerchief, 
is I want us to remember this morning the price that was paid for our salvation. And I'm just going to read 1 Peter 1 verse 18, which says, um, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. When I was thinking about this and remembering, I was thinking about this church and how could we forget the price that he paid when we come to this church? Because we've talked about it this morning, we've sang about it this morning, we've thanked God for the price that he paid this morning. We, every time we come into this church, into this, every time that door is opened, every time the silence is broken, the people in this church remember the price that was paid for us. Jesus came, um, we're going to be celebrating Christmas now in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I love the story of Christmas. I love the whole concept of, of Mary and Joseph and, and traveling and, and giving birth to that baby in that terrible, uh, well, not terrible place, but just a dirty, dirty place. Um, that's where my salvation started, when Jesus was born into this world. That's when the price um, was paid, when it first started to be paid in our time. I mean, the Bible tells us that he was slain before the foundations of the earth, before creation was even a thought, um, Jesus was already slain. But in our time, in our time scale, that's when this price started to be paid. Now, when we think about um, Jesus being born there and that awesome story of, of Christmas, how he became, my father used to say, he became God, a God, King of Kings, became the size of a full stop. Um, I always remember him saying that. And then growing up, um, having his ministry, being this wonderful man that he was on the earth and doing all the wonderful things that he did. And then we come to the reason why he came to this world, the reason why he was born in the dirty stable, was that ultimately his death on the cross. Now, if you were here Thursday night, you would have heard what he went through for us um, on the cross. I know, like, Terence is speaking on Thursday nights about things that, that were predicted in the Old Testament that were going to take place in the, in the New Testament as we know them. And yet, and that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant to know that. But what I went away with, again, on Thursday night was the price that he paid for me. When, I, when Terence read that, I am a womb, that my saviour and my God could say something like that, that that was how low he had come. That was the price that he had paid for us. I'm just going to read 
I don't need to read it, but I'm just going to read a little bit of Isaiah 53. Because I think, really, we get the picture. Um, if I just read from verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearer is silent, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. It's already been prayed this morning. He didn't deserve to die for me. I deserve to die. I'm the sinful one. And yet, that is what he did for me. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, For he made him... This is absolutely incredible, this verse. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's just so um, wonderful to think about the price that he paid for us. How could we ever forget um, the price that he paid for us, that he was willing to, to go through all that. And like we, we talked about on Thursday night, not just the physical, and that would have been enough. Um, I think Terence spoke about um, a couple of Sundays ago, how he looked in that cup when he was in Gethsemane and saw all that was before him, um, all the sin that was going to be um, put upon him, everything. So it's all that as well, all the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, um, every sort of feeling and, and emotion that we have would have been at the, at the very, I, 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 I don't know what the, what the word is I want, but it would have been so tense, his body would have been so tense with everything that he was experiencing. And yet he did that because he wanted a relationship with us, because he wanted to make us righteous in his sight. Um, that we are all here this morning clothed in his beautiful garments, nothing of our own, um, but everything of him. And I'm so grateful this morning for that. I've just read read this little quote. Um, if we ever get to the point that we are casual about what happened on the cross, if we ever begin to take it for granted, we need to get on our knees and stay there until we recapture the wonder of it all. And then I've just got underneath. I don't think there's any worries of that, as I said in this church, because we are reminded of it all the time. So that's my first knot. We should always remember the price that was paid for our salvation. My second is I think it's good to remember the people that God has used to bless us. Now, 
perhaps you were sitting there now when you were thinking of different people that God has brought into your life who has, he has used to bless you. You know, Paul, the apostle, is a great example to us in this as far as this is concerned because there are many instances in his writings where he thanks God for the people and how they have blessed him. And I just want to read 1 Peter 5, verse 12 and 13, which is just um, an example. He says, By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And there's a there's a theme through his writings, through his epistles and different things. He always starts off with um, thanking he's, that he is telling the people that he's thanking God for them. And the fact that when he went there, he had this wonderful time and that they really blessed him and they really made his stay um wonderful and that God had used those people to bless Paul. Um, Philippians 1 verse 3 for example says I thank God upon every remembrance of you. You know and as I was thinking about this I was thinking over my own life and the different people that God has used to bless me. I think of my own family who had dragged out of bed this morning to to um to come with me you know I think of Paul and now um, my life has never been the same since I met him good and bad but I thank God for him I thank God that he was brought into my life I thank God for the wonderful children that I've got because of, of mine and Paul's relationship I got two of them you my oldest and my youngest this morning but I got two middle ones as well and I thank God for, for all of them and the blessing most of the time that they are to me. You know, I thank God for my parents. I never always thank God for my parents because, I, as I've said it before, I've, I wanted parents that everybody else had. I didn't want Christian parents. But, you know, now I thank God that I was born um, with Christian parents who brought me up to know and to love um this saviour that we all love this morning. I thank God for the example that they were to me in so many different ways. Um, maybe didn't appreciate it, appreciate it at the time, but now I certainly do appreciate everything that they ever did for me and the way that they um, guided me and brought me up. I thank God for my brothers and my sister. Um, and their families. I thank God that those families love me and help me in my path um, as I go along on this journey. I thank God for my pastor this morning, who is also my big brother, by the way, for being under the influence of his teachings. And I've just Thursday nights at the minute to just really blowing my mind and I'm just finding him really wonderful um, so I thank God for him and everything that he has brought into my life um, others that we speak 
others that speak up here on a regular basis who help me to grow and to learn more about this wonderful salvation. And I could go on and I could go on. I was thinking about my youth, my aunties and my uncles, um, my time in Bible college and the various men, because I think it's good to, to sit and to think and to remember people who have come into your life and maybe just dropped a, a little um, nugget of goodness into your life and have helped you. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not all good. <laughs> but those ones you can forget. The people who have brought nothing but bitterness and, and disaster to your life, you forget about them. It's just the people who bring goodness to your life and, and bring... Um, what's the word I want? Come on, somebody help me out. Encouragement, that's the one. Encouragement to your life to, to, to help you to grow. And so many people over, over my lifetime. You know, God brings many people into our lives and we need to recognize them and thank God for them when they input into our lives to make us better for it. So I challenge you this morning when you go home to have a little think over your life and the different people that have have shaped you. I know so many people have shaped me um, in the way in the way that I've I've you know in in my lifetime. And it's such a good thing I think to remember and to thank God for those people. Thank God for those people whom God has used to bless our lives, those who are no longer with us, I think of my, my mum and dad, and those whom we are blessed to all have to with us. My third key this morning is to remember, again, my little lanky, I'm running out of space here. I don't think we're going to, have to be able to have art by that because I don't think it's big enough. My third key that I'd like us to remember this morning is the promises of God that we stand on. Do you know, thank God this morning that he is faithful. We've sung it again this morning. He is faithful and true. Now, I've said so many times up here that there isn't much that we can truly, truly rely on in our lives. But the word of God is not one of those things. We can fully rely and trust in his word. The psalmist says he has exalted his word above all his name. I've, I've been, always been a little bit confused with that, but I've been having a little read about it. And I read something um, this week which says it's no good having a name if you haven't got the word to back it up. So it's no good God having this fabulous name if he breaks his word because his name would mean nothing at all. So he is, his word is greater than his name. We can fully rely and trust on God's word is true. It's honest and it's something we can trust our lives with. Otherwise, as I said, his name means nothing. That great phrase which says his promises are yes and amen. And I'd just like to read 2 Peter 1 verse 4. It says, by which we have been given, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have so many promises that God has given us and it sustains us in our lives. One of those promises is found in Lamentations 3, verses 21 to 23. It says, this is what, this is, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, but his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Do you know what? That's a promise to us that he's going to be faithful. That his compassions fall on us new every morning. He sustains us with these promises. He makes our lives better because we can read these promises and we can he what's the word I'm looking for there, Paul? <laughs> he enhances our lives then with these promises. Another promise is found in Romans eight, verse twenty eight which says, now I always struggle with this one as well, but it's in the Bible, so I'm going to read it. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you know, sometimes you may be sitting here and thinking, I'm not so sure about that. Because um, sometimes things happen to us and we think, where was the good, the good in that? But God has written it and he has said, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. The only thing I can say to that verse, because it's there, so it's true. Um, God has said it. The only thing I can say to that is there are times when we need to hang on to Romans 8 verse 28. Grip it. And take it to our hearts for de and grip, grip onto it for dear life. And that's just to keep us sane. <laughs> to know that we go through life and things happen and we have questions and we have worries and we have, we have issues and we have whys. Why? And that's all we can say there is that working together for good because that's what he has said. You know, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says... My grace is sufficient for thee. And I was thinking of, of that um, famous hymn, which says, Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace, which is sufficient for each and every one of us, is grace has brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us on. There's nothing else that we can, and there's times... In my own life, and I know there's people sitting here going through tough times. But it's grace has brought us safe thus far. And it's grace will lead us home. You know, Satan will have a go. And he will try and make these promises null and, null and void in our lives. Especially when life is tough. But if we make a point of reading them, these promises. I mean, I've just brought one or two but you read the word of God, they're full of them. They're full of his promises towards us. Um, so if we make a point of reading them, of learning them, then God will shine through and you use these great truths to sustain us in our times of pain, disappointment and heartbreak. What does the old hymn say? 
Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Saviour Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Amen So that's our third knot that we are standing on his promises this morning. And do you know what? I might promise you something and I might let you down. I know in my life I've promised people and I've let them down. But I can stand here this morning and I can say with assurance because he says it in his word and his word is exalted above his name that if God has promised, he will keep his promise. You can trust him to keep his promise. And the fourth and last thing quickly um, that I want us to remember this morning is his provision that he has made for us in heaven. In 1 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I've got an inheritance which has got my name on it. I've had a little inheritance this year which had my name on it and that was absolutely marvellous. But this is absolutely brilliant this is an inheritance that no one can take away from me um it says there that is incorruptible and undefiled and will never fade away you know the bible tells us that we are just passing through this world we are like strangers and alien even aliens in this world and you know i was thinking as i was writing that i was thinking that can be my experience when I tell people that God created the world, they look at me as if I'm green with four antenna sticking out of my head. I know how E.T. felt when people were looking at him and thinking he's a little bit strange. Because that's how people look at me when I tell them about Jesus, when I tell them who I am and what he has done for me. That's how people look at me. I'm a stranger. And I'm an alien. I don't belong here. But I know that there is a place prepared for me where one day I'll go. Where I will have a sense of belonging like I've never experienced. What a wonderful place heaven will be. We sang it last week. There's no more pain. I bet there's quite a few people in this building this morning. Thanks God, thank God that there's no more pain. There'll be people in this building that thank God there'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more tears, no more sin, no more sickness, no injustice and no more death. Do you know what? There's a lot of no's in there. 
what things that they won't be. But listen to this. There'll be joy everlasting. There'll be gladness. There'll be peace. And there's a few people in the building would like this. There'll be wine ever flowing. And there'll be a wedding. And there'll be a feast. And as I always, um, I'm like Stan Lee, I always got a wow in my, in my uh, sermon. Bring it on. When are we off? <laughs> Life can be ugly sometimes. Life can be hard. Life can be tough. But this is what it says in Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, if you think of the pain that you're experiencing um, with different things that are going on, and, the, and yet the word says that it's not to be compared with the glory that we will, uh, which will be revealed in us. So that's some glory because we've got some pain, but this is going to be out outshine all of that. Um, this is the place that we will be going to. You know, there are wonderful and ble- wonderful blessings and joys mm-hmm. that come to the believer in this life. And I've just said in in my in point two about all the wonderful things um, that people bring into our lives and and the wonderful life that we've got. I've got a wonderful life. Um, you know, I, I wake up in the morning. I. 99% of the time want to go to work. But, you know, so I, I love my life and I've got a, a good life. But we are not exempt from life's trials and tribulations. And when we are going through the valley of suffering or heartache, we need to remember that we are just strangers and pilgrims here and that heaven, where Jesus is, is our ultimate home. So that's my fourth knot. So those are the... F- Four things, and see, it's too little for a heart, little doll's heart, maybe. So they are the four things that I want us to remember this morning. The price that he paid for us. Never let us forget the price that he paid for us. The people that he has brought into our lives that have blessed us and made our lives better. His promises, which sustain us, and his provision that one day... We're going to see him face to face and we're going to spend eternity with him. Amen.